Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Okay, we're on. Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is a very good friend, Doug Stevens. Uh, Doug is a longtime Florida coach and athletic director He's also a state caliber basketball official, and he's currently the senior pastor at Fellowship at Midway Church in Midway, Florida. He's also the director at Live the Life in uh, Florida and South Georgia. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. Appreciate uh, being able to be on with you. Well, I know you're uh, just like an AD. uh, You're very busy, so we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and you know how your, you know, obviously your love of sports kind of led you into where you're at right now. Sure. So I was born in DC, right outside of DC in Maryland, and uh, grew up there, started playing sports when I was three years old, organized sports and played all the way through college. So I went to high school in uh, Pomfret, Maryland. Uh, It's uh, Lackey High School and I played uh, two sports there and then uh, multiplied a little bit more when I went to college and played three sports in college. So I went to Charles County Community College. Uh, Now it's the College of Southern Maryland uh, and then transferred my junior year to Trinity Baptist in Jacksonville. So um, I played baseball, basketball and soccer and uh, enjoyed those all the way through, I think, uh, then started coaching, like right when I came out, you know, I, I would go to those s- smaller schools and they'd be like, Hey man, we need a coach. And, you know, you, you'd get, you get in on one sport and they're like, Hey, you can coach. Hey, we need you on this sport. And then all of a sudden, Hey man, our baseball coach can't do it anymore. Can you coach? You know? So I, by the time I was done, I was like roped into like four coaches. And I think a lot of your, ADs have probably had similar situations where they've had to, you know, do a lot more than they were wanted to or expected to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And that's not just limited to, you know, the small school experience, Uh, you know, coaches in larger schools, uh, they say, wow, this guy's a pretty good coach. Maybe we should have him do uh, another sport. 
Um, well, take us into that journey, you know, after, uh, you know, Trinity, you know, those um, just getting out of college, you know, those first couple of jobs, uh, take us through that journey. So my first stop was in Jacksonville and I went to a small school called Victory Christian in Jacksonville and um, loved it, enjoyed my time there. I started to use uh, sports had always been a thing for me. Like I had coaches speak major influence in my life that uh, probably one of the reasons why I got into the helping profession. I remember going uh, when my high school baseball coach, Sam Oliver, uh, asked me to help at a Special Olympics. I said, sure. And so I got done with that. And he spoke life into me, man. He was like, man, Doug, you're you're definitely one for the helping profession. At that point, you know, I had never even really thought about what I wanted to do, really, to be honest with you. I was just there because Coach Oliver asked if I would go. And, you know, you want to score points with your coach and, you know, be a part of, you know, whatever it is that the team does. But then, you know, he asked me and I was like, Sure. And I, I actually loved it. And uh, from that part, I started like working in summer camps and, you know, uh, somebody asked, you know, what was your major? And I like I wanted a major in coaching, but that really wasn't a thing back then. You know, we're in the 80s. Of course, you know, you have specialized things now. I, I wish I had had all that specialized stuff back then. But, um, you know, back then, if you wanted to coach, uh, you needed to be a teacher. So uh that's uh, i ended up going through education and uh, you know my first degree was in uh in secondary education so so yeah i ended up going to, to jacksonville and then i uh, did that for a year and then ended up going uh two years later to tallahassee uh to a small school called maranatha christian which is i was there for eight years it's now defunct but uh had great times great great times there and then uh uh, went into ministry uh, position. I uh, took a youth pastor position uh, at North Florida, where uh, uh, North Florida Christian, the, the school is here in Tallahassee. I was there for eight years as a youth pastor. And then when I went to go plant fellowship at Midway Church, went back into my love, my tent making, which was teaching and uh, uh, went, went, went back there and, and they asked me if I could coach. So I went back into coaching and uh, coached at uh, East Gatson High School, which uh, is now merged with West Gats and now it's called Gatson County High School. So I was there for 11 years. And that's where you and I first crossed paths when I came to Tallahassee. And, you know, I got to see you in action uh, as an AD and a couple of times as a coach on the sideline uh, and just, uh, you know, start a, a great friendship. And then that, you know, led to, uh, you know, our relationship as basketball officials too. Um you mentioned your baseball coach as having an impact on you. And in our professions, uh, we always talk about the importance of leading and, and mentoring that next generation. So who are some of your other mentors, uh, either coaches or teachers that um, impacted you or maybe people that you worked with or worked for? The expression I always use is I still hear those voices in my head yeah. when I'm talking to a kid or a coach or maybe a parent. So whose voice do you still hear? Yeah, so uh, when I went to Maranatha, my ID was Alan Risk, and Alan was one of the uh, first people. Uh, he was on Coach Bowden's first team at Florida State. So uh, Alan, Alan's a really funny guy, and Alan would always tell me about uh, uh, he was part of uh, Coach Bowden's only like losing season. Uh, so yeah, that that was always his thing, and so. He, he would always uh, joke on things like that. But one of the things that Alan told me, because I, you know, I was a real passionate coach early on, especially. 
and uh, passion sometimes can be unbridled. And, and so part of that was yelling and sometimes yelling maybe without purpose. And, and uh, one of the things that, that Alan would say to me was, Doug, make your coaching style so much so that every parent will want their kid to play for you. And man, when he spoke that, that into me, it just, it, it made me think through a lot of things. And that's, so Alan's voice is one of those ones. Uh, Andy Gay is a longtime uh, athletic director. He's, you know, leader in Gadsden County. He's definitely one. His voice was always there. And then a buddy of mine that you probably refereed some of his games, Demetric Salters, who went from East Gadsden to Lincoln. Now he's at Robert F. Monroe. Uh, Demetric was uh, a good friend that we did uh, things together with as coaches there and then also became my boss for a little bit as an athletic director. So um, those were all guys that just really were able to speak life into me and, and good friends to this day. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear the, you know, the journey and the people that we meet along the journey. It's a good reminder that we didn't do this all by ourselves. That's right. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Um, you know, your experiences and, and I guess your perspective, you know, you by your own admission, and I've seen you, you know, you're a passionate coach and you do, do a great job. Uh, you also had that global perspective as the athletic director at a fairly good sized school and you've worn that third hat and still do as a basketball official. Um, as an AD, how did you um, approach your coaches as far as relating to and for lack of a better word, having a positive relationship with officials? Well, I think at that point, and that's a great question, Jake, at that point, everybody knew that, you know, when I came in as AD, that not only was I a coach, but I was, I was an official. And so it was, it was with that uh, platform, I guess you would say, that I was able to talk about, you know, what it is to speak to officials as an, a coach, as a, as a coach. And so I really wanted to, you know, lay out there for them. Hey, you know, you're going to get a lot more by speaking words, uh, kind words to officials than you were just, just yelling at them. And I, I really spoke to them about building relationships because I mean, if they're around the sport at all, man, I've officiated some of these coaches in this area for over two decades. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it'd be a good idea to build relationships rather than just be the lone ranger. And, you know, you're, you're pissed at everybody. So you're just going to like yell at stuff that really doesn't do much for us as officials. You know, that as well as an official. So it's a lot better to build relationships and maybe understand, you know, Hey, maybe why was that call called if, if there's if there's a question at a call? But really what I talked to my coaches about was just coach your team. You know, you don't have to be so consumed with what the official does. The official's there for the contest. Really, you know, you should probably be a lot more in the 95% range where you're just it really doesn't have much to do with officials. You just coach your team. And then the, that other 5%, make those interactions better, make them more relationship oriented and you'll find that you'll enjoy the sport a whole lot more. Some of the coaches around here, uh, especially the younger coaches, they don't enjoy the sport because they're yelling the whole time. They're yelling at officials, fans. I mean, if, if their girlfriend or wife comes up to them or their boyfriend or husband, like they're yelling at them. I mean, it's like, enjoy this thing. You just said that a little bit earlier. Enjoy the journey, man. It's just too, 
this happened. You and I got old quick, man. I'm 51 years old. And, you know, that stuff goes by quick, doesn't it, Jake? It, it really it happens way quicker than you want it to. Let's put it that way. So, man, make it enjoyable. Like, don't don't make it so pressure oriented for yourself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we all want to win, but if that's your only motivation, your only goal, you know, you're going to be a very frustrated coach or AD or, or whatever, you know, it's, you know, build those relationships. And you, you didn't mention, I see so many coaches that are yelling at their kids. You talked about, you know, coaching intentionally and coaching with a purpose. I, I would always tell our coaches at McClay, you know, yell if you want to, but yell instruction, yell encouragement, you know, give them something to go back on the floor, the field, um, so they can be successful. You know, don't just say, come on, you got a rebound. Oh, no kidding. Okay. <laughs> Tell them what they got to do. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, next question. Um, uh, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices, some nuggets that an AD who's listening can take back with them. So you've had an opportunity uh, here in the panhandle as a coach, as an AD, and now as an official to probably see some really good best practices at a variety of schools. So uh, can you share a couple of things now with our listeners? And maybe this is something you did at, uh, at East Gadsden while you were the AD, but you know, what are one or two best practices that you've seen uh, athletically at, at some of the schools in the panhandle? Well, heck, most of the most of the people that are listening probably know most everything. Of that, that would be best practices. But, you know, I, I, I always feel, you know, I do a lot of like teacher in services and things like that. So I, I don't ever want to go into that platform and, and think that, you know, like I'm some like all knowing person that's giving them any great information or whatever, but everything's so digitized now, right? So like learning to do that, making your job so much easier, right? We want to work smarter, not harder. And, um, you know, doing things like uh, even digital ticketing with like GoFan or something like that made my job so much easier. Like people were just showing their phone coming in the door and, you know, swiping some things there. But, um, man, I, I still, I, I'm just one of those ones, Jake, where even as a teacher, like everything was so digitized, but every once in a while, like I still had that red grade book, right? Where I wrote everything down and like, I'm old school like that. I like to have that. So I know that some people are going to, you know, stay to some of the old things, but some of the old things are the best things like making family. Like I, I think uh, if there's a best practice that I'd ever have, it's, it's make the culture of what you're doing, make it family get people talking, like build relationship. Like I've been in schools where they were, it was like silo mentality. Like I've got my sport over here. I've got my class over here, you know, and the administration would be barking and then the, the, the ADs would interpret it one way. And like, it would be great just to have a unified family oriented, kind place to work because that's the kind of place that you want to stay around for a few years. You know, you don't want to just like be there and then look for your next platform of, of coaching. And um, I think we're missing that a little bit. Uh, just what I've seen around the area. Um, there's not the pipeline of coaches. Uh, maybe not quite like it was before. 
I see some frustration in some of my coaching friends as I talk to them about what's going on. Uh, and I really think that as an AD, we set the culture for the program, for the school, for athletics. And so there's so much power in setting culture that I just wouldn't want anybody that's, uh, that's listening to forget about that, right? Like, like you may know it, but don't like put that to the forefront of your mind. What are you doing that's making a positive impact on your coaches, on your players, your athletes, and really not just leadership leaking down, but, you know, also leaking up, you know, what are you doing to help change the culture of your administration towards sports? Oh yeah. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that because it is so important and you've hit on it a couple of times already, just a, a bottom line of making and building those relationships are going to lead to, you know, whatever success you're able to experience as a coach or an AD. So appreciate you sharing. Um, another topic that we've been talking about since we started these back in June is COVID. And uh, to our listeners, we're recording this on February 16th. So we're almost one year uh, into COVID. So Doug, um, share a little bit about, and again, I understand you're not at a school right now, but you know, you do, you know, lead a number of different programs. What's going on in, um, you know, the Panhandle area uh, with regard to, you know, return to play activities, as well as, you know, return to school or return to uh, church and worship, you know, what's happening with regards to COVID? And all of the above, Jake, there, there's just so many different reactions to that, right? So uh, in our area, in the Panhandle, I think it's a little bit more, you know, conservative than some of the other places. So you tend to have people that are willing to go back and, you know, we've got some places that have full gyms, right? And, and heck, they're, some of them, like not a mask in sight, you know? And then there's other places that, you know, Leon County, the way that they've done it is like, you know, each, each player can have four parent, you know, four people in their family and they're expected to mask up. So, so the reaction is like from one extreme to the other, you know, as an official, holy cow, like I've been officiating since 98. Okay. And so that's like 23 years. I've, I've never, I haven't had seven games canceled for my 23 year period in one week this year, I had seven games canceled as an official. Like, wow. so, so I, that's crazy for, for, for everybody's perspective from everybody from the AD to the, you know, to the person, you know, for, for mine, for Quincy officials association, Dante Saylor does all the, all the, you know, scheduling. Could you imagine what a nightmare it is for him that, get a call from a coach and now, Hey man, we're, we're on the bubble. So uh, we, we got a quarantine for, uh, you know, two weeks. So that, that next, you know, however many block of games with this amount of officials. Right. So it's crazy. There's no rhyme or reason. And, and, you know, everybody's got to feel that out for, for how they feel. I mean, I've had, had coaches that resigned their position as coaches because they didn't feel comfortable with uh, coming back during COVID time. And then there's some people here that have treated it, you know, no different than any other virus that we've ever been through in our nation's history. And they just have kept plowing through it. But, you know, trying to figure out what the right way is and the wrong way is, there's a lot of individual perception and judgment on that. So 
Um, but I just know that it's had a huge effect everywhere. I mean, we, we can see that in, in just about, just about other places, you know, my hometown up in Maryland, you know, a lot of them, they still weren't even doing sports, you know? So when they were doing sports, it was, you know, very limited at best. And, you know, a lot of the parents are, you know, frustrated. They're like, you know, our kids don't have, you know, outlets and, you know, so there's just, there's a tension, right? There's this balance between, you know, safety and also there's other things like mental health. And, you know, that, that's some of the, some of the great things that sports has been a part of kind of got ripped out. Right. And so, you know, you're still seeing, you know, it's the same thing. Like you watched, you know, I watched last night, I watched the wizards play the, the rockets and, you know, there's, there's, you know, nobody in the stands there, you know? So it's just like, you know, you got, you got some people that are doing some things and some that are doing another, and there's just not every, everybody's got to kind of come to their own conclusion about that and, and, and just be safe and, and healthy and, uh, and work through it together. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, not just in the panhandle, but across Florida, we've seen a wide variety of responses, you know, the schools down in Miami, uh, Dade County, you know, they got a, a tremendously late start for fall sports and, and now they're into winter. Um, I am going to put you on the spot one more time, hopefully just one more time, um, without naming a specific school or AD, you've certainly had a chance to see a lot of different responses on game day as an official. So have you seen a particular school that how they chose to handle, you know, COVID or fans or whatever, that when you walked in the gym and you're just checking things out, you're thinking to yourself, hey, this is really good. These people, you know, really uh, hit it out of the park. Uh, So have you had an experience like that where you were very impressed? And what was it? Again, don't, you don't have to name the school or the Sure, sure, sure. Well, that's a tough question because then, then also that would be, limited to my perspective as far as like what what is you know to to me where i'm not as you know as as concerned about masking up or whatever and uh so i i don't know that that would go you know that would translate to all your peoples but basically the same people that have done well uh administratively that take care of attention to officials where they put us how they treat us what they offer us you know uh, if, you know, if there's any problems with people in the stands or whatever, you know, those are the same people that do well, whether it's COVID or not COVID, it just, you know, it just kind of translates really well for them, I think. Uh, and, and I think that's a very fair answer. Um, you know, we, uh, I, I know that we did not use, uh, you know, Quincy officials for basketball, uh, you know, because we had a couple of employees that referee for Quincy, you know, Scott and myself, but uh, we always tried to be that school uh, for the officials, regardless of the sport that we were going to greet them, we were going to have a room for them, we were going to, you know, take them water at halftime or, or whatever, uh, so that they um, wanted to come to uh, McClay and work a game as opposed to, oh, gee, we got to go there again. And uh, I, I think the protocols that our, our ADs have put in place this year um, have reinforced that. So very good answer. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and jump into um, your current calling, if you will. Um, you uh, chose to step away from being the athletic director 
to you know take on a new calling a, a couple of years ago. So talk a little bit about that and maybe talk a little bit about you know how that still keeps you connected. It's an obvious one, but still keeps you connected with kids and families and relationships. Sure, I appreciate that. So uh, I went to work for a nonprofit called Live the Life, and we are a relationship education specialty place. We do uh, tons of stuff for churches, organizations. We're doing some stuff for FCA, for instance. Uh, uh, we have all the special forces contracts in the country. We do a lot of military stuff um, because our, our stuff works. Uh, our relationship education works. Uh, we've, we've gotten, gotten into the uh, mold of uh, doing middle school and high school relationship because we want to get upstream, right? Teach them how to have good, healthy relationships upstream. So we, we've started there as well. And um, so, yeah, the, the place that I work for is the, it's the best organization I've ever been a part of, hands down. Uh, I think that uh, it's, it's part because of our, uh, you know, our founding uh, president, Richard Albertson, who, by the way, is uh, if you go to Florida High's gym, his dad's name is there. Bob Albertson was one of the uh, winningest coaches in basketball history in the state of Florida. So Richard has great stories about that uh, as well. But he's our he's our leader. And, you know, it's just a great place to work for. And we're in all kinds of places and we can we can come into uh, do one for schools. You know, we, we do, uh, we do marriage retreats. We do, uh, counseling. We do, we're kind of all over the map in terms of relationship education. So it's, it's been, uh, one of the best things that that's ever happened to me. Like, I, I, I've, I've been so reliant on sports as, as part of my, who I am. And this really doesn't have as much to do with sports, um, but yes, yeah, it has everything to do with sports because relationships are built and are the foundation for what we what we do in our in our in our calling, our vocation. That that old that old Latin term for vocation, right, is calling. We're called into what we do. No, absolutely. I, I can see the sports connection uh, very readily. Um, Doug, I know you're very active on Facebook. I see the posts all the time for some of the events and retreats that you do. If one of our listeners, you know, wanted to get in touch with you and find out a little bit more, uh, what's the best way for them to uh, get in touch with you? So they can certainly go on our website, livethelife.org. Uh, they could reach me at Doug at livethelife.org. Um, we, uh, we're all across the state. We have offices in Jacksonville. Uh, we have offices in Panama City. Uh, we also have an office in uh, South Florida and Broward. And so we've got we've got an awesome cast of people that that can go in and uh, build something for you to help. We can do in services for schools. Uh, we we do a lot of those. Uh, get get great feedback on on that. For some people, it's the best thing that they've ever been through as far as in service. You you probably been to a 1.2 million in services in your time of teaching. I have as well. And. A lot of them are like, oh my gosh, can you get this thing over with? But our, you know, ours, we built it around relationship stuff. So it's just so good. And uh, we just, we get a lot of great feedback for that. So yeah, if they want to do that, they can hit me up on that. Uh, they can also look me up on, on uh, social media. I'd be glad to, uh, to talk to them about anything that they'd like to talk about. 
Okay. So that's livethelife.org, or you can also reach Doug directly, uh, Doug at livethelife.org. Okay. I encourage you to do it. Uh, Doug, we're not quite done yet. Um, you know, uh, you can uh, answer this one from a number of different viewpoints, but I always ask the athletic directors, what's your favorite part of the job? And after about the first 60 or 70 uh, podcasts we did, you know, the answer was always the same. Oh, it's the kids. And of course, it's the kids. You wouldn't be in this position if you didn't enjoy working with young people. But acknowledging that you love working with kids what are some of the other things that would give you uh, uh, your favorite moments on your job? So my top two things, hands down, and I wouldn't have even said the kids, really, although kids would have been part of it, right? right. But, but building relationships. So that, that goes to the kids, but it also goes to my, my staff, you know, and, and then it also goes to my administration. And that, that was, you know, I treasure... Uh, that as part of what I did. And I, I think the only, my only regret are the times where I, I, I got too busy and, and it really, my job took over and, and, and I don't think my relationship building was as strong as it should have been. Uh, that and, and creating the culture, man. I love that. I love to be able to set the mood of, of being a servant leader and getting around you and uh, helping to serve somebody like you and or somebody like that person or that person and when I, when I start serving I, I feel you know like I'm building into other people as well so being able to create that culture to me is hands down the best I think that is uh probably one of my favorite answers uh we've done over 100 of these now um and I think it's probably one of my favorites because it describes you know how I would answer that question yeah, the kids are part of it, but it's those relationships you have with kids, with teams, with coaches, uh, with, you know, my bosses, and I dare say even with many, many of our parents, you know, seeing those relationships develop over the years. So really appreciate you sharing that. Um, uh, I'm guessing you might have a, a very unique answer on this uh, next one. Uh, when we started doing these podcasts back in June, the events uh, that took place in Minneapolis and then later in Atlanta were, you know, still very much, you know, on the front of everyone's mind. And we continue to talk about it today. And so my question is this, um, as an athletic director or as a, someone who works with young people, what are some things that we can do better uh, in this area of social awareness or social justice? How can we do a better job? So I really think one of the biggest issues is just being able to create a culture where people can communicate. So, um, you know, it's one thing to have thoughts and ideas, but it's another thing to create that culture to where it's safe for somebody that disagrees with this person over here to be able to talk about that. And, and then for this person over here to say, well, this is what, how that makes me feel. Right. And to be able to actually have, and I think sports does a great, uh, a great job in doing that. I, th I think, you know, you follow Scott too, uh, you know, one of your fellow coworkers over at McClay, he just had a great Facebook post uh, a couple weeks ago about sports was the place where that became safe for him to talk to other people about things that got him out of his comfort zone. And I think sports naturally does that, but I think it also 
um, is a place where it can create a conversation. So just as a coach or a, an athletic director, just being intentional about it, just um, talking to your kids. I mean, I, I had a diverse group of people in Gadsden County. You know, we were 90% uh, African-American, 7% Hispanic, 2% other, and 1% Caucasian. So uh, most of the people didn't look like me. And so I had to listen to how people felt about things and I had to let them know how I felt about things. And there's a learning process that goes with that, but it's also, I think you create the culture to be able to talk about those things. And so by you doing that, that's what, if you give it, if you make it a safe place to even talk about hard things. And I think that that's a learned skill. Um, I think that it will be, you will see so much fruit from that. Or you can just create a culture where people just like do the silo mentality, which other people are doing. And I can tell you that that is happening still where, you know, that they, uh, I just refereed in a school the other day that they had that and that they had the results of that too. And I, I could share those, but it would, you know, you might would know who the school would be based on it, and I wouldn't want, want to do anything like that. Uh, I love the phrase you used, uh, create a safe place for the hard conversations. You know, uh, I think that uh, says it all. Right? Well, Doug, uh, it's been great catching up with you, uh, but we're not quite done. Uh, I always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Okay. Now, we've already established, you know, you're no longer actively an athletic director, but you're still very much involved in the high school athletic world. So here's my uh, challenge. Um, I want you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. Okay. What three things are going to go in Doug Stevens' athletic director toolbox? So the first thing I would say is you, as an athletic director, create a culture of accountability and excellence, okay? So, so you get to set that. And so first of all, you have to do that for your job. You have to be excellent at your job. Um, but then you also have to demand excellence from other people. We talked about how you uh, speak to officials. So you, you have accountability for that. You have accountability I'm not going to hold you as accountable for your win-loss record, but I am going to hold you accountable for your process. And so if you have, if your process is good, then you can become accountable in that process. And if there's something that's off as an athletic director, I can help tweak that and show you how to make that better. Um, so that would be the first thing that the second thing is I would say what you, what I just described, do that in the posture of a servant leader. So as a leader, you can take it as something that you're going to be dictatorial or, you know, you can micromanage people or you could be a servant leader. You can say you can round off the edges of the things that you're trying to say that are hard. So, for instance, maybe an athlete, uh, maybe a principal says, hey, I've got some some stuff I need you to hand down to these coaches. And it's really hard. You can maybe take that and round those edges off and say it in a relatable way that can help coach up that coach so that you've got a great uh, opportunity to teach. And so do it in the posture of a servant leader. And then the last one I would say 
that'll take you a long way. Love and encourage people, man. Just love and encourage people. Uh, you're going to be in a place where people are going to look up to you. Um, and the more you do it, the more you love people, the more you encourage people, the better off you're going to be as a result. Boy, great, great advice. And uh, I love how it, it all comes back to this idea of culture and relationships. Okay. Wise words. Doug Stevens, uh, livethelife.org. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Jake. It was awesome. I always appreciate time with you and Hopefully it could help one person, man. If it's, uh, you know, one thing that was said that that could help somebody, then I'll feel like this was a success today. So I appreciate you. Oh, right back at you. At you. And again, to our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Doug, uh, that was Doug at livethelife.org. Um, remember, these uh, Zoom recordings are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. And until next time, thanks for tuning in to the Educational AD.